Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We continue our book reading entitled When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The book has been compiled by Saifu Rahman Mubarak Puri. We continue today's reading on page 97, Hastening on the Punishment. The Prophet ﷺ was also sent to his people to warn them that if they continued rejecting the call to faith, Allah might at any time punish them severely. He cautioned them that they waited and watched. Nothing happened, so the inherent arrogance grew, and they challenged the Prophet ﷺ to hasten Allah's punishment. Allah replied in their request in the following three verses. Yet they ask you to hasten on the punishment, but Allah will not fail in his promise. Verily a day with your Lord is like a thousand years of your reckoning. Surah 22 verse 47 Also Allah says, They ask you to hasten on the punishment. Indeed hell will encircle the unbelievers. Chapter 29 verse 54 And in chapter 16 Allah says, are the plotters of wickedness not afraid that Allah will cause the earth to swallow them up, or that Allah's punishment will cease them unexpectedly, or that he may call them to account in the midst of their daily affairs when they have no chance to escape, or that he may cause them to waste away gradually? Truly your Lord is kind and merciful. Verses 45-47 to 47. Again, the Makans found a way to evade the truth. They remained stubborn in their opposition and made further demands of the Prophet ﷺ, asking them to enact miracles even as they hoped he would be unable to perform them. Thus, they wavered, sometimes approaching the Prophet ﷺ with compromises and at other times challenging him to do the impossible. Many of the Makans felt that the only solution was the sword, while others feared the consequences of killing the adversary. The Makkans had already asked Abu Talib to hand over Muhammad وسلم, so that they could kill him, a demand he had refused. Despite his seeming unconcern at their threats, he was secretly afraid, and with good reason, that the Quraysh were plotting to assassinate the Prophet Abu Talib acted fast and called on the members of Banu Hashim and Banu Abdul Muttalib to meet at the Kaaba. He convinced them to pledge that they would protect their clansmen Muhammad, but Abu Lahab, another of the Prophet's uncles and self-proclaimed sworn enemy, refused to take the pledge. He declared he was on the side of the Quraysh. The polytheists would not be outsmarted. They held a meeting at Hanif Banu Kinana to decide how best to counter Abu Talib's successful maneuver. Eventually, they came up with the idea of a total social boycott. Thenceforth, the members of Banu Hashim and Banu Abdul Muttalib were to be treated as outcasts. The other clans from the Quraysh would not marry their daughters, transact business with them, keep company with them, nor would they accept any peace overtures from these two clans until they handed over the Prophet Once. All the people present had agreed with the points mentioned above. Bahid bin Amr bin Hashim had put his pack in writing and the parchment was hung in the Kaaba. When the deed was done, Bahid's hand, or at least some of his fingers, were paralyzed. The boycott proved devastating. The Muslims, as well as all the members of Banu Hashim and Banu Abdul Muttalib, Muslims as well as non-Muslims, with the exception of Abu Lahab, were forced to withdraw from Makkah and live in Sheib Abi Talib. 
Unable to buy food from the Makans, they found themselves reduced to eating leaves and roots. The situation became so horrific that the cries of starving women and children echoed over the valley. Few sympathizers dared smuggle them any food for fear of punishment. Hakim bin Hazam, however, managed now and then to send some flour to his aunt Khadija. Many caravans carrying food and other goods passed by the mountain pass where the Muslims and the exiled clans lived. The refugees, however, could only come out to meet the caravans to buy food during the forbidden months, those months when fighting was prohibited. The Makans, however, used to offer much higher prices to the caravan merchants for their goods so that the refugees could not compete with them. Despite such grim circumstances, the Prophet ﷺ never ceased inviting non-Muslims to Islam. He was particularly active during the time of Hajj. It was at this time that he would speak to tribes that had traveled to Mecca from all over the Arab world. Three years of near starvation and hardship took Banu Hashim and Banu Abdul Muttalib to the edge of despair. Meanwhile, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was softening the hearts of the Quraysh through the five Ashraf or nobles who were the only people to give a thought to the refugees' plight. The first of these five was Hashim bin Amr bin Harith, a highly respected nobleman of the Quraysh. When he reflected on the suffering of the exiles, he was deeply saddened. They were kinsmen, and the Quraysh had done the unthinkable by breaking off all ties with them. While the families in Makkah thrived, the refugees were dying of starvation one by one. In the three years since the enforcement of the boycott, no one seemed interested in its withdrawal. Finally, Hisham decided to talk to four other high-ranking members of the Quraysh and convince them to end this injustice. Hisham first spoke to Suhair bin Abd Abi Umayya Mahzumi, the Prophet's cousin, Mut'im bin Adi, Abdul Bukhtari bin Hisham, and finally to Zam'a bin Azwad. He appealed to their sense of kinship and reproached them for allowing the tyranny to continue. When they heard his plea, they all agreed with him that the punishment hanging in the Kaaba should be torn to pieces. The next morning, the four men waited for other members of the Quraysh to assemble around the Kaaba. Suhair finished circumambulating the Kaaba and then stood before the people. O people of Makkah, he began, shall we eat and drink while Banu Hashim die of hunger, unable even to buy or sell? By God, I will not rest until this cruel and unjust decree is torn to pieces. Abu Jahal was furious. You are wrong. By God, it will not be torn. Zam'a countered, By God, it is you who are wrong. When it was written, we were not in agreement. Zam'a is right, Abdul Buhtari said. We did not agree to what is written in that decree, nor do we lend our support to it. Now it was Mut'im bin Adi's turn. Both of you are right. There is no sin in opposing the decree. We seek our acquittal from God regarding the document and whatever it contains. Hisham bin Amr expressed his agreement with Mut'im. The sudden rebellion made Abu Jahl suspicious. This looks prearranged. Your sudden concern has its seed somewhere else, he protested. At this point, Abu Talib saw his opportunity to step in. He had come into the precincts of the Kaaba to tell the Quraysh that the Prophet ﷺ had received a revelation about the fate of the iniquitous parchment. He stood up. And facing the Quraysh, he told them that Allah had revealed to the Prophet ﷺ that termites had eaten the parchment inside the Kaaba. The only thing that remained of the document, Abu Talib said, were the words, 
in your name, O Allah. Abu Talib then challenged the Quraysh, saying that if the Prophet's claim turned out to be false, you would no longer stand between them and the Prophet However, if the Prophet had spoken the truth, the Quraysh should end the boycott. The Quraysh accepted Abu Talib's challenge. When Mut'im bin Adi rose to retrieve the, the parchment, the assembly saw that it had been destroyed. Its only remaining words were, Bismika, Allahumma, in your name, O Allah, and Allah's name. Allah had given the Quraysh yet another sign, but once again they refused to admit the era and accept Islam. The only concession was to end the boycott. The Prophet and his companions came out of the mountain pass and were allowed to live in Makkah once again. And that's where we leave our book reading for today. We're reading from the book, When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. All downloads of this episode and previous episodes of this book reading is available on vocfm.iono.fm and click on the book reading, When the Moon Split channel. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.